to the solo ceos the podcast for solopreneurs by solopreneurs here we celebrate commiserate and problem solve all the world's craziness that comes with building a business on your own terms i'm marilyn johnson a supplier development and supplier diversity consultant and and i'm Sarah winston executive coach and leadership consultant and we are the solo ceos yay wonderful so tara today, what you want to talk about? Okay. So, you know, we are called the solo CEOs for a reason. And I want to talk about that, right? Like I want to talk about the CEO mindset. Are you really a CEO? Right. You know, we get this question all the time, right? Oh, you, are you a business owner or you're an entrepreneur? And we very specifically chose the word CEO, mm-hmm. right? So, my first question for you, Marilyn, like, why is it even important to be a CEO in your business? Well, it, it, it's important to be the CEO, even though it's kind of crazy because I am the only employee. <laughs> However, when making decisions, you are thinking at a higher level. And also when working with your customers, you're thinking at that strategic level. You want people to understand you are large and in charge. You are the boss. Everything that happens happened because you thought about it and you devised it. So you are the leader and people need to understand that there's a lot that goes behind just making the decisions and creating the vision for your business. That is not a second thought. Plus I'll just, you know, I can spell CEO. <laughs> Prove it. Uh-huh. Oh, no, man. I, <laughs> always quiz, always quiz. Never. Right. So when, mm-hmm. when I think about being a CEO, you know, for me, a lot of it comes with this idea of gravitas or even swagger, right? How you carry yourself in your business. And, you know, for a lot of people, like you kind of start on this journey, maybe even as a, like a freelancer or someone just try, like, trying to make money on the side or trying to make money in the gap between, you know, your day job, you just lost and the day job you want right. to get. Right. And, and there's a lot of focus on the doing, right. Am I getting the work done? Am I getting paid? When you transition into that CEO mindset, like you start like, you know, to your point around, you start thinking about your business strategically. You're thinking about where you want to go. You're, you're taking your eye, not just on the, the, the game of what you're delivering, but really about how you want this organization to function. And when you, when you work, when I work with people, I work with them at a level of, I am a CEO with all that comes with it, right? And that's how I engage with my clients. And that's how I engage with my peers and, and other, other, um, other vendors. And I think it's just different. I really do. Um, right. And I, I wish I could say that I started <laughs> the CEO mindset. I mm-hmm. didn't, right? It probably took me, oh, should I be ashamed? It took me, you know, 10 years or so to really fully embody this idea of being a CEO, right? Because I just, I've never done it before. Tara, let me ask this then. Are you always in the CEO headspace every day? Um, How often does it, does it change? I mean, because you're running into all kinds of challenges that are different. That's the beauty of being your, being your own boss and being in your own company. 
I haven't had the same day twice in 20 years. Um, Kara, considering all the people you work with, heaven knows you have not had the same day. So how frequently are you truly embodying this whole CEO mindset mm. and just action? Oh, man. That's and then y'all, I got a story I have to say, tell too. <laughs> it's not yeah. about me, of course. It, mm. Hopefully it's not about me. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course it is. You know, I, I think I've gotten better at it, but it, it is not 100% all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And Marilyn is really good at calling me out when <laughs> she sees that I'm not, I'm not living in that CEO space. What I do find though, is that there are areas that I'm much more likely to be in my CEO-ness more often than not, right? Mm-hmm. So, so for example, you know, my, my business is coaching and consulting and, and some of what comes with that as a service provider is I get to be the expert. I'm leading people and I have to, I have to show up as someone that, that they can credibly listen to. And so very early on, I would say back, even back in my training as a management consultant, you start to learn how to, to enter and exit, pro, you know, a conversation with a certain amount of, of gravitas and weight and all that kind of stuff. And so it's much easier for me to kind of sit in my CEO-ness when I am client facing. And, you know, but then I, there's so many times where I will, I'll, I'll forget myself. I'll be running around trying to save $5 on a coupon for, for some printing e rather than, than, you know, realizing that my time is really valuable. Like you would think, you know, if I charge people for my time, I would put a similar dollar value on my mm. own time, but no, instead I'm running around, around town trying to find the, the, the cheapest paper clips um, rather than, than actually having some like ordering them and having them delivered to my house, which would, <laughs> which would be so much more efficient. Right. Right. So I myself sometimes. But you know, here's the beauty about being a solopreneur and, and holding that CEO title is the ability to fluctuate because some days you do need to come correct with the gravitas and all that comes with being a CEO, because that's what your customers are expecting. Mm-hmm. But on other days, you got to take that hat off and <laughs> and really get in the weeds and and do the work that it takes to get things done. But here, I, I, two things came to mind. So being a CEO, it embodies not only thought, but in my mind, it embodies how you present yourself, mm-hmm. how you even treat yourself and then allow others to treat you. And um, there are certain people that I look to and I admire. And I was telling Tara earlier, I learned by watching. And so I've just watched other people. Not all of them are even CEOs, but I learn and say, you know, I hear things that I think I need to do as a CEO. And I'm going to tell you all right now, one of those things, this is crazy. But one of those things is I don't ever, ever need to take another airport shuttle between cities, sitting between four people with somebody's thigh on my knee. I was sitting there and I'm I'm traveling to catch a plane, catch a flight. And I'm sitting there and I was like, okay, this is so not presidential. This is not (laughs) sexy, nor is it a CEO. And I can't in a bazillion years imagine any CEO that I know of from a big or small company sitting here in this little sardine can 
doing that. So that was a little bit of the arrogant moment I had. You know, I never caught that shuttle ever again. I was like, I'm not doing that. Okay, but it's not arrogant, right? Part of it is because like the 15 hours that you spend riding between six hotels, like in that <laughs> amount of time, what could you have done for, for the organization? Like, Absolutely. Could, for the, even for the client, like if the client client is paying for, for your travel, what work could you have been doing at that time that you couldn't because you're sitting between Bobby and Cindy? And so oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. But here's my favorite story for, for this day. Um, when a customer treats you as if you are their contemporary and instead of the CEO that you really are, right, Tara? It happens at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there, you know, from time to time, you have to kind of tap people on the shoulder and let them know you cannot interact with us. Notice I word, use the word interact. You cannot interact with us the same way you do with your work fellow over there because you don't know our, our world you don't know our calendar and oh by the way hmm you might not even be our only customer so i would you tell this story since marilyn is is dipping and dapping all around oh yes um, so there there is work that marilyn and i do sometimes together and one thing that's a really big deal for me particularly when i am am in my ceo mode is my calendar because we like we're managing so many different you know customer concerns we've got to spend time working and building our own business we've got people that that work with us that we that need time right so my you know my schedule is like the holy grail and it is brutal um oftentimes and so mm-hmm. in working with a, a client a longtime client but new people on their team particularly junior people don't always recognize that you're that you are a senior executive um, again in your own company they don't always know that and so one particular day this very nice young lady um, sends sends a meeting notice without checking in on either of our calendars and in fact the meeting was you know at some ungodly hour in the morning for one of us um, one of us who lives closer to the west coast and for me like yeah, don't get up <laughs> like i'm not i'm not all in for just just assuming someone's going to take a 5 a.m meeting without checking with their calendars first and so i just sent what i thought was a very nice email to notice that she said she thought this person um, mm. Again, on the client side, the, the client and their boss, um, and we got it resolved. Um, so, what, was it was it a bit direct? Absolutely, but but again, like what what I also cut by a knife, man. It was not. I am the nicest of people. Um, mm, in her mind. <laughs> but but again, at times, and I think that that's yeah. part of. Part of being the, the CEO is, is setting boundaries. Like you absolutely, I think Marilyn, you mentioned this. It's you have to train people how to interact with you. They don't always understand, um, particularly if you're not inside their organizations. Um, and we, we play this really interesting role because we do all the jobs. Like I, I made a joke mm-hmm. on the panel that we, uh, we were on recently, like we're the CEO and the janitor simultaneously. Like we make the sandwiches, we cater the lunches and we do all the things too. Right. And so it can be sometimes a bit confusing for people who, who spend you know moments around us to really understand where, um, how to interact with you. And I think it's important, um, number one, as you decide what like what it is for you to be the CEO, 
how do you train the people around you to operate with you so that there isn't a challenge? So, you know, an example for something like this, particularly like, for example, when it comes to travel, when working, you know, setting up with a client, you know, there's a way to, 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 to negotiate in the beginning of your contract, kind of what travel, travel looks like. It doesn't mean that you're always going to uh, let's say take 16 shuttles, like, you know, like early on, like you can start, you know, whether it's a Lyft or Uber or back in the day it was, it was taking car service. Like people used to do that all the time, set that up and, and have it be just the assumption versus having to negotiate it. If you instead act like it's something that you're, you're begging them for, then it gives them a chance to think, well, maybe I shouldn't give you this thing. Right. So right. If, if it's an assumption or foregone conclusion, people will pay for it and keep it moving. Right. So that's what we mean by having having the mindset. So Marilyn, I know it took me a long time to even start to think that way. When did you start to see yourself as a CEO? I it's it's weird because I never thought that I would even be a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. And so growing, and it is a growing where you grow into certain things. Now, this is our experience. It may not be our, any someone in our audience's experience, um, primarily because I didn't see that growing up. I didn't mm-hmm. see any entrepreneurs in my family growing up. I didn't know how certain things operated. And again, I learned by watching And so just over the years, I would look at how people I admired, different leaders, to see how they were able to move things forward, how they were able to rally people around ideas and get things done. And then even in my work, when I work with different corporations and different, actually, some of these businesses are are, are pretty large and I've had the opportunity to meet with some of the leadership and understand the expectations that these leaders have. I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is, this is cool. And it's acceptable. It's nothing that's crazy. So that's a long answer to say that I am still growing into my CEO-ness when I have to take that, that CEO cape out. I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more of a worker, but I'm still pretty strategic in how I do. And people understand that when they talk to me about whatever service I'm providing, I am the beginning and end, the middle and the end of it all. And so there's no work around Maryland, either you're going to work with me or you're not. But I did have one, um, one client, one of my first clients, he was a small business in Chicago. And at first, you know, people would say he was so arrogant. He was so arrogant. And we went to this one meeting with a, a huge corporate executive and they were very disrespectful to him. Mm. And he walked out the room and he said, I won't ever meet with them again if they can't treat me like a CEO, because I'm just as much of a CEO as I am, as, as the other guy was. And mm. I took that to heart because I say, you know, they even um, mispronounced his name. Wow. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was the the favorite child on the block, but there was just a level of disrespect. And I said, now coming into the room, some ladies may have that because not everybody is willing to embrace female leaders and Mm -hmm. female executives. Yeah. And if you all are looking at this podcast, 
there's no secret that Tara and I are women of color. And so not everybody's willing to embrace that. And sometimes when I walk in a room, you have to understand that I'm in control. And sometimes people might think of it as arrogance. I'm not asking for only the yellow M&Ms. I want yellow <laughs> and green. But I mean, it, you have to set a, a precedence. And so when I'm meeting with people who are not familiar with me, but they know my work because most of my work is word of mouth, I, they're expecting a professional and they're expecting somebody who can lead the charge. And so that's when I walk in the room and do it. And that goes not only for the work I do, it also goes for how I even look. I remember having a conversation with um, a woman who is my mentor. And when I started out, it was a big deal to wear suits. Everybody was suited up. Mm -hmm. I don't like suits. Nothing wrong with them. I just don't like them. I'm short and the arms never work right. And I think I look better than dresses. <laughs> but I'd never seen a very high level executive constantly wear dresses. You always saw females in these suits. And one day I saw her and I, I was I, I complimented her on her, her outfit. And she said, my feeling is, is that if I look good, I feel good. And if I feel good, I perform well. And so you need to wear what makes you feel good so that you can perform well. Not to say you gotta look crazy. And I say, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And so even now people notice when I go, cause I, I meet a lot of my clients at conferences, people notice that they will not see Marilyn in a suit. Rarely will you see me in a blazer because yet again, I don't like the way the sleeves fit and blah, blah, blah. But they they do walk in and they they're looking for somebody who's dressed to the nines, but in my own way. And so it's about how I carry myself, even that you feel like you know what I'm going to give this person business because this is a CEO. She clearly knows how to talk. She knows how to dress. Her work has spoken for itself. So let's move forward. So that's my that's that's how I look at a CEO. But otherwise, I'm kind of playful, which is also the beauty of being a CEO, a solo CEO, I don't have to live by anybody's rules because I think it's important to have fun doing what I do. And if you can't roll with me having fun, then maybe you need to talk to somebody else. That's all I got to say. Well, you know, I think you speak to like, so, you know, your mentor who talked about like, you know, dress how you want to, how, however, you know, you feel, you, you'll perform your best, that, that type of thing. And it, and it raises the question, cause there are so many old models around what success looks like, what it smells like, how it acts, things like that. And, and when we start these businesses, we do this because we want to do things in our own terms. And I think the one underlying constant, right? If you like to wear pants or you like to wear dresses or you, you want to have blue hair, you know, and, and, you know, or whatever it is, it really is, it's about the confidence, right? The confidence to carry whatever you're carrying, right? A, have it be intentional. Like, don't, don't, don't be sloppy because you were rushing mm -hmm. at, you know, rushing at a time. Now, if, if your, your perfect look is, got, is a little bit more relaxed, you know, and what someone else may call sloppy and that's, that's your look and that's your choice, then you rock the hell out of it um, and, and do it with confidence because it's part of, of the brand that you've created. That's totally fine. Um, but so have intention and then, you know, be confident in it. Because I think that that is really the, the nugget, the core of the CEO 
kind of piece is I have confidence in who I am, what my skill set are, and what I can deliver to you. And then that yeah. that then gives you a baseline so that you don't have to be like Tara and don't have to be like Marilyn, um, but still can be effective in that in that space. And it builds your brand because we haven't talked about marketing or anything like that as a solo CEO, but because you are the solo CEO, everything you do is part of your brand. And like Mm -hmm. Tara said, you got to take time. You got to be intentional because if you're not, guess what? Your brand suffers and people, because you are it, people will start to talk about, well, you know, you know, (laughs) she said this, or she had that crazy look on her face or something. And so it's all about, you carry your company wherever you go. You are the biggest advertisement for your company. As a CEO, it is how you define it, but understand that your definition translates to what customers see, how customers interact with you, and their expectation. And you you may have different types of customers than I have or than Tara has, but you just got to make sure that you're all aligned. And so that you're not trying to attract customers that don't resonate with anything that you represent. So, you know, I know we keep talking about um, the fact that, you know, we come in as CEOs with the business that we had in the past. And I, and I will tell you, you know, you could be have done this for 20 years and still not be wearing all your CEO-ness. But Marilyn, I'm really curious for those people who are just starting out that don't have the reputations, right? Like mm-hmm. when you walk in a room, people already know who you are. How do I start from the very beginning of building that? Well, I, I think that when from the very beginning where you start is looking for your customers first you got to figure out what the hell you're selling and then once you're selling once you figured it out how you're messaging it and that's all part of building into what my brand looks like and then how I want to present my brand how I move forward and I've had customers who that was where they they got kind of stuck because when you're out there you're trying to make the trying to make that first sale trying to get that that first customer you you don't know that what you do today actually translate year over year over year and the people that you started out with oh they'll remember you i mean we see customers that we've worked with 5 10 15 years ago and they remember how you acted, mm-hmm. how you delivered, things you said, good, bad, and indifferent. And so you just have to embrace what it is that you're selling and then who you are. You Don't second guess it. It's like, if you're like, ah, I don't think I want to be that person. It's nope, nope, nope. It's you are the solo CEO. This is what you're doing. This is who you are. You just have to make sure that who you are and what you're selling resonates with the audience that you're trying to attract and keep. So the only thing that I would add to that is even if you, if you don't have everything completely laid out, the number one thing I want you to do is to 
in your mind, come up with a reason why you are the only and best answer for people who are buying whatever it is you sell, right? There are a million people that sell what you do. Like they, they just are, like that's how the world is set up. But, you know, having that kind of confidence, right? The reason why you come to me is because, right? You know, Tara Winston has a balance of soft and hard skills, you know, and I've got a unique background that allows me to see patterns and, and bring things home for you. Like I know that I am unique in my ability to do that. And so when I walk in, I like, there are lots of people that sell what I do. And there's some people that probably do some of that better, but not the way I do it. And I have that confidence. And that's what allows me to step in and be, and be CEO, even in places where in theory, I might be intimidated by the people that I'm selling to, or the people that I'm partnering with, or even the peers that I'm hanging around, right? Like that was a big part for me to kind of step into, like, remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And then I could step into a room as, as the CEO for that. Sarah, something I wanted to bring up too, before I forget, is how important it is to be consistent. Because a lot of times when we're walking into an organization, we're walking in as the consultant. And if it's a long-term type of agreement, long-term meaning maybe a month or for some people a month or however long, you don't want to forget that you are the consultant. Because when stuff goes to the left, they will remind you. Mm -hmm. And I've heard a lot of times people people talk about working with certain clients and consultants always get a bad rap. When things go left, the first thing you hear is, well, the consultant did this, the consultant didn't do that. But then on the other hand, when you're the consultant, Tara, you tell me if this has ever happened to you, where you've worked with the customer for so long, that you started to feel like a part of the staff. Yes, it's easy to, it right? Is. You know, everybody, everybody knows you, like you start to feel like an insider. And then what happens to your CEO hat? Oh, you lose it. And like it goes away, you forget, you know, cause now you're integrated into the group and, and scope starts to creep a little bit and you say mm-hmm. yes to a few more things and you normally wouldn't say yes to. Um, it is so easy. Like, so back in my consult, my big consulting days, you would call it going native. Oh, uh, wow. Which is probably now, but now that I think about it, I don't think I like that term. It's probably a little, like, it may not be. That as, was, yeah, as so not appropriate. So, okay. So scratch that. Don't use those, that terminology. We, we've grown beyond that. Um, but you do, you start to feel like an insider. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's a watch out. Yeah. And as a CEO, the only insider that you are, is inside your company. And that maps back to if you feel like you're an insider in somebody else's company and that scope creep, scope creep equals you don't get paid no more money. <laughs> it, it, you all, yeah. They're stealing from you. You'll realize that Marilyn is going to always figure out the, the line of when you, you stop making any money. And then that's the problem. <laughs> um, so, so you want to make sure you continue, if you keep the word CEO in front of you, you will understand that you work for you, mm-hmm. that you are not a part of the team, that you can deliver all the great heat possible so you can keep that contract. It's a wonderful thing to be on a team and, and like the people you're working with, happy about the work that you're doing, but you always have to make sure that you know that you are playing for your team 
Well, and again, it's not, it's not about keeping a barrier. It's you mm-hmm. as, as a CEO, you should always be doing what's best for your organization, right? And so when the partnership is great and it, and it fits their goals and your girl goals, that's perfect. That's how it's supposed to be. But oftentimes when you have spent a long time and both Meryl and I have very long time um, clients, it's easy to kind of to realize that there are things that maybe serve their needs better than they do the future of your organization. And as the CEO, your responsibility is to make sure that, that the things that you're doing work for the future of your organization, even mm. if it means that you renegotiate or even walk away from that the other work that doesn't fit, right? At least gives you a perspective to, to do that. So we, we've talked all around this, the CEO thing. Marilyn, I want to leave people with a tip, right? So like, okay. what, is, what is one thing that you've done as a CEO that like everyone should do or like, where people should start? Oh gosh, I'm going to make you answer that question after you finish coughing. I know, um, I just coughed my face off on a podcast. Right, oh gosh. Mm. That's a hard question, Terry. I know. I'll start with mine, right? You start, and so, let me think about it. Hmm. So I think like the number one thing, you know, as a CEO is to stop being cheap, dig into your pockets, and hire somebody to help in some way. I don't care if it's um, a couple hours of a virtual assistant to help you manage your calendar, whether it's investing in, like, so, like the very first thing that, that I did was get a scheduling app. Um, because I, again, the nature of my business, I have lots of people that are trying to get on my calendar and I was spending so much time in emails back and forth, trying to, to schedule time. Um, it really was eroding. So like, I, I ultimately got a human, but before the human, I got an app. Um, but the one thing, like oftentimes, um, solo, solo CEOs and solopreneurs are a little bit slow to saying, you know what I would love. And so Marilyn, you were the person that first hit me to this, like, you spent money with a graphic designer on your on your presentations, right? I like mm-hmm. I, I had grown up and somebody like I, I'm pretty good at PowerPoint. I suck at PowerPoint. <laughs> that's that not was, why people hire me. That is they not her. That, that is not her skill set. Uh, like I, 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 I got fighting weight between me, PowerPoint, and Canva. I could do some things, but again, is that the right way to spend my time? Right? And so, like I was like, it had never occurred to me until. I started, you know, talking to you, like, you know what, you can get on Fiverr and have somebody, you know, break out a, a, a template and be done with it. Oh, wow. I can do that. So, so my big hack is put on your CEO hat, hire some help for something that not like a, it could be something you're not necessarily good at, or it can be something that just saves you enough time. And you can use that time either to work or to sleep or to actually have the life that you're building. Yeah. So I guess I can't say what she said because she just said it. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the one thing that I think about, and I've heard a lot of um, a lot of solopreneurs struggle with is making sure your money is in order. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you're so busy doing the work that it's some of the back office stuff that you neglect. And you don't want to do that. And so you want to make sure that your invoicing is accurate and that it's timely. And you also want to make sure that your accounts receivables and your accounts payable balance. Now, for people who've never had to do that for themselves, it might sound like, well, why wouldn't you do that? 
But as a CEO, a solo CEO, you are responsible for so many things that sometimes back office types of activities just kind of fall to the wayside. It's very easy for it mm-hmm. to happen. Very Especially easy. if you're working with a client that you really, really like and you start to feel the kumbaya of the team and you want to make sure that you're doing all the things that you, that you need to do, that you want to do. And you just look and you're like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to invoice every X amount of days. Oh, that's okay. So there's not one CEO of a Fortune 1000 company that would put invoicing on the back burner ever. And so the reason that you are in business is to earn a living. The only way you can do that is to make sure that your money is this taken care of. So that's the, that's one, one thing, um, Tara, and you know, I always tell people, make sure you have a good relationship with your accountant. Don't try and do it yourself. Get somebody who understands small business accounting so that they can help you navigate this. Because as much as you're bringing in, you're going to have to pay taxes on all of that stuff. So get yourself a, uh, an accountant and get an accountant because they can keep you from having to need a lawyer. So <laughs> I got a good lawyer. Hopefully you don't have to need no lawyer. But but that's it. this is a financial situation, starting your business and maintaining it. You have to make sure all that stuff is covered. You know what? I'm, I think there's a lot to it. Like the accountant, the bookkeeper, maybe, Mm. you know, so, so people, as you're listening to this podcast, uh, drop us a line on social media, drop, drop it in the reviews. If you want to hear more about the kind of the financial side, because I think that's important. Maybe we'll do, do an episode about how we work with our financial people. Cause I think like that's something that can, can feel a little, a little uh, daunting, but it may be worth the time. Cause as Marilyn said, that is why we're in business. And the so, best time to do it for you all who was like, well, I don't have no money. Actually, that's the best time to do it. Get things set up before things, before your money starts really rolling in so that you're not trying to change the car tire while the car is in motion. Let the church say amen. And like, I'm going to say that on behalf of, of my bookkeeper who is, who we're now changing processes because Tara did not do that. Um, I should, I should have listened to this podcast years ago. What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, as you can see, still so much that we're learning. So I'm glad that y'all are yeah. on this journey with us because I'm learning stuff every day. I'm taking notes as Marilyn is talking. Um, Definitely. If you like these conversations and you want more of them, please, please, please come back, subscribe, like this, share it to your friends, let people know what's happening. Follow us on social media. We've got some great guru talks that that you absolutely want to check out on our website. And join us next time. Yay. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the solo CEOs, please share this podcast with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on LinkedIn or Instagram at the solo CEOs or stop by our website for videos, resources, and other great stuff. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.